0: Good morning, and welcome to the Celtic Way Morning Briefing Live. It's Wednesday, November the 2nd, and as you can see, we are joined by a very special guest. I'm Tony Haggerty, a haggerty 10 Twitter handle, and I'm joined by Aidan McDonald at Aidan C. McDonald. And at the bottom of your screen, ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Japanese football expert and wonderful football writer, for well, the Japanese Times, Dan Orlovitz at Aishiterio Tokyo. And Dan is going to put more flesh in the bones as to how Ky- Kyogo Furahashi and Rio Hitachi were not included in Japan's World Cup 2022 squad heading to Qatar. But first things first, I do my bit in the morning. Subscribe to The Celtic Way, ticker tape running along the bottom. You know all this. Top, support top quality journalism covering the club you love it's a pound for two months of full access to everything we do uh, on the website everything that we write on the website and also the pods and we get guests like dan all of us on marvelous stuff and all you do is hit a button www.celteatway.co.uk forward slash subscribe now first things first welcome dan great to have you
1: Thank you for having me. Thank you for the, the warm welcome. It's good to <laughs> good to talk to you again. I mean we we re- we recently yeah. talked about uh, Shinsuke, but it's, as always it's great to talk to you and you as well, Aiden. Um Yeah, yeah it's it's been a it's been an interesting twenty-four hours <laughs> yeah. here. Now
0: Dan, we all woke up yesterday to the fact that Ryo Hichati and Kyogo Furuhashi were emitted from Hajime Murayashi's twenty 26- six Man squad going to Qatar for a World Cup. I think you summed it up neatly. It was one word. You just put in Hitati out, Kyogo out. Wow was your initial expression. And I think a lot of the Celtic supporters would have agreed with that. You went on to put a lengthy thread on Twitter. And if you haven't seen it, guys, go and check it out. And you outlined why you thought those two weren't in it. But from your initial reaction, Dan, was that you you said in your piece in the Japan? the Japan times that it, it burned. Do you still feel like that? Do you still feel that these two Celtic players should be in the squad?
1: I I think that Celtic fans need to... I mean, one, before we get to their omissions, congratulations, Daizen Maida, on yeah. uh, making the squad. I think that's a huge accomplishment for him. Uh, Celtic fans can be proud of that. Yokohama, Marinos fans, Matsumoto Yamaga fans. You know, it, it, that is... A, a big thing um i know that celtic fans do seem at least in my mentions to be sort of split about 80 percent are saying oh well this is great because they'll get to have a break and and rest <laughs> but it, it is a thing I, I i do feel for them because for for japanese players representing japan is the most important thing it is the pinnacle um as to the question of whether or not they should have been included. I, I think that the the best way, the most honest way to answer that is more than just dis- being disappointed that they're not included. I think that those of us who were surprised or disappointed by their selections we're, were disappointed that Japan doesn't play the kind of football that suits them. And I think that that's what it sort of comes down to. Uh, this Japan squad under Hajime Moriyasu, it doesn't exactly play the 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 style. It's not the attacking style that Ange has implemented at Celtic that Kyogo works really well in. Yeah, um, and it's. I mean, when I wrote. Wow! In the tweet, I mean, the, <laughs> part part of that was also reserved for Yuya Osako and Genki Haraguchi uh, being omitted because Osako has played two World Cups and he has always been in Moriyasu's squad a- as the striker, even when his form hasn't been there. So that was sort of the biggest shock in terms of of omissions. I, I think that I would have expected kyogo to be chosen over maida if you're talking about just one of the Mm -hmm. celtic players going uh maida's selection it is it was a little bit of a surprise and i know that there's a lot of debate over it but you do have to think about his speed his pace the fact that japan will need to defend against the counters uh, against Germany, against Spain, um, and in that sense, you do need his skill set, and so it all makes sense on paper. But it burns. <laughs> and a- as for Hatate, I'm, I mean, is there a is there an attacking midfielder who I would leave off for Hatate in terms of of the starters? If I'm being honest, I'm not sure. And I I probably would have considered including him in the squad over... I mean, I, I would have probably dropped Gaku Shibasaki, the defensive midfielder. Um, Yuki Soma was another sort of surprise. Uh, he did impress at the uh, EFF E1 Championships, the East Asian Cup this summer. And so that's sort of how he got into the picture. If you're looking for a wild card, I think that Rayo was sort of it. I think that he arguably should have been maybe number twenty-seven. Okay. Number twenty-eight. I, I do think he should have been in the mix, but he also only got one or two appearances under Moriasu. Um It just wasn't there. And and I think that I fully I I think that we As I've talked up their chances in this World Cup squad, I've always said, well, Rayo would be an outlier. outlier. I think he will get his chance in in a year and a half in the Asian Cup. I think he will be absolutely um, part of the generation that goes to the 2026 World Cup. Uh, it, this just wasn't his time, and I, uh, you yeah, now I think he, he has a chip on his shoulder and he's got a lot to prove over the next four years, and maybe <laughs> that will uh, it, that will inform his development.
0: You also said that maybe Kyogo could have come in for a uh, Takuma Asano of Bokum, yeah. that was your other selection, uh, choice if if you were if you were calling, yeah, that's for the team, so.
1: And Asano, I mean he's been out injured for a, a hot minute. Um, he hasn't really played this fall, so his election was also a surprise. In, in fact, in a way his, him being selected over Yuya Osako is, is a huge shock. Uh, I'm not, I, I don't want to, like I, I don't want bloggers to turn this into a into headlines, but like there is still a non-zero chance that we'll get to a week out and Asano won't be healthy and the JFA will bring in Kyogo. I mean, that, 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 that is a scenario that in my <laughs> mind exists and isn't crazy. But uh, that being said, Moriyasu did talk yesterday about how the, the JFA has sent their medical team to Europe to talk to the clubs, to talk to the players, to get a sense of where they're at. And, and they made all of these picks confidently. Uh, is what Moriasu said, he's, he's confident in this list and that they'll be ready for Qatar. So uh, Asano is an interesting one. I, I do think that if you're looking at the, the forwards, you've got Asano, you've got Mida, you've got Ayase Ueda. I think Mida could start. I think that he's your first pick. Yeah. Which, which I, I'm saying that, and you're giving me, <laughs> you're giving me the same look that you gave me <laughs> when I was on Axum, and you sa- and I said that you know, give the defense time, it'll work itself out. You're giving me the same look, but Mida starting against Germany isn't the weirdest thing that could happen. Um, so I'll, I'll, we'll I actually see, hope he does.
0: Know. I hope he does. You know, I, I would like to see him get game time at uh, the greatest football
2: tournament on the earth. So it, it'd be good for him. <clears a throat> Aidan? No, uh, the only thing I, I just wanted to touch on is, I, I was just wondering uh, what the sort of reaction is from Japanese uh, national team supporters back home. Are they quite surprised that Keogh wasn't in the team? For example, did they expect he would be in the squad?
1: I think there is some surprise. I think that o- Osaka being omitted was the headline I will say that was the big thing. I tweeted Vissel Kobe had prepared a news conference. It was going to be live streamed. They had fifty reporters waiting, and they had to cancel it at the last minute. <laughs> um, and and that just sort of that's how these th- these things work. Um, uh, yeah, th- there's obviously going to be fans of Kyogo who who are disappointed, Vissel Kobe fans, FC Gifu fans. Uh, I think that there's a lot of people who would have liked to see him included. But you also do have to look at his national team performances, and, and they do not match what he's done with Celtic. Uh, as as I went over in, in my little thread, I mean, Moriyasu has obviously seen what Kyogo has done at Celtic. Everyone has seen what Kyogo has done at Celtic, but he's also seen what Kyogo has done right in front of him wearing the blue shirt. And for now, there's a disconnect between the two, and I think the Kyogo will have another cycle to get that to match. Uh, but it it just did. There always has to be someone who's left out, and if this was a squad of twenty three, who knows? Maybe Maida would be the one on the outs, and Kyogo would be in for Ooh. for whatever reason. I mean, the, it's it's a very weird cycle for a lot of reasons, just because of how COVID impacted things, injury timings, I could go back and say, well, if Kyogo hadn't hurt his hamstring at the uh, the Scottish Cup final, uh, he would have been playing in February when Moriasu went to Europe and Moriasu might have seen him in person and you know he might have played in the March uh, qualifiers. And you, you get what I'm saying. I mean, this is yeah. all... A butterfly flaps its wings at Celtic Park and everything changes. Uh, But I will say that overall, this is a squad that Japanese fans are happy with. Uh, Whatever individual disappointments there may be, this could be a really, really, really good squad. Um, There's enough to like here. And it's a really strong starting 11 that I, I think that at this point that this is... This is who we're going to battle with, and it's full, full steam ahead.
0: I wrote a piece for the Digest yesterday, and I'll put it in, in the comments section, and people can have a read of it, but I was making the point that their exclusion could is Japan's loss, but possibly Celtic's gain, because if they too do feel they have a point to prove, then they could help Celtic become more successful. And uh, it's it's a win-win for Celtic supporters because they won't go to a, a big tournament. There's less risk of them getting injured. And also, they're not in a massive shot window, Dan, for that kind of sense. Although, they're still if they're still playing well, they'll still be noticed. But I'm talking about a global shot window.
1: I mean, it's a, it's a two-edged sword right there yeah. because I, I think that they will have something to prove. They will have a chip on their shoulder for the next uh, couple years. But from the Celtic perspective, if you have players who are at the world cup and they get sold for 10, 20, 30 million euros, then you have money to buy them. You know, that, that that's just part of the cycle. Um, and I, I do think that as we've discussed before, part of, for example, Shinsuke Nakamura's legacy is that he was such an important player for the national team while at Celtic. Um, I I think that players do want to know that they're going to a league where if they perform well, they will get into the national team picture. And, and you know, so it's a, it's a, it's a tough thing. Um, I I think that you have to balance short-term gains with long-term losses, uh, but how, how Furuhashi and Hatate react to this, how they respond to this going forward, is in a way going to define their career path. I think that there have been players who have been rejected uh, and who have missed out on the World Cup and they've taken it well. I mean, Nakamura missed out in, on 2002 and then he was selected for 2006. And then you have players like Yosuke Hiraguchi, uh, who I assume is still at the club, uh, who... Yes. <laughs> did did very well uh, in qualifiers for 2018 and then he wasn't selected and that was sort of the downfall of his career, I think that he would be a much different player if he'd gone to Russia so it, it's a tough thing uh, but w- what matters to the players is how they respond going forward Aidan,
2: you yeah, uh, the only other thing that I just wanted to ask was <clears throat> Obviously, you you had mentioned in the article that you did about the squad announcement that uh, Kyogo wasn't really able to bring his sort of explosive play that he does to Celtic for the national team. Does the Japanese manager play a bit more of a defensive style or do you think that was more of an individual thing for Kyogo rather than tactically?
1: So the reason that Yuya Osako was the the sort of bolted on forward is that so i think with with celtic's attack it is very fluid very forward thinking and you have you're moving the ball up very quickly very accurately very dynamically and so the whoever's up front can stay basically stay near the box and be ready to get the ball and they have their their chance and that's not really how japan operates Japan is about more carrying the ball up the sides. It's about more the offensive buildup, a lot of tiki ing themselves to death at the edge of the box, as I tweeted. Uh and it it's tough because you do have as a, the forwards sort of do have to, to drop back and pick up the ball. And that's something that Osako was good at. That's something that Shinji Okazaki before him was good at. And that's not Kyogo, in his time on the pitch, hasn't really been able to do that as well. I just think that he's used to a different kind of service at Celtic. And for better or for worse, uh, he hasn't really been able to play with a national team that has been able to adapt itself and figure that out. Because you, you do have to consider, especially in this qualifying cycle, the players didn't have much time to train with each other. Uh, because you had COVID, and that caused travel issues. You have players landing in Japan at most two days, maybe even a day before the match. They're segregated. They're not spending much time with each other on the pitch or off the pitch. So, again, there's there's a lot of weird little circumstances that have resulted in in this happening.
0: Can I ask you... Dan, then, if Hitachi and Kyogo are not there, who are the players that we should be looking out for in the Japanese squad at the World Cup?
1: I'm very excited at this midfield. Uh, You look at Daichi Kamada, who scored for Frankfurt last night in the Champions League. Uh, Junya Ito is going to be sort of the key, in a way, to Japan's attack. Uh, He's been doing amazingly in France. He was great in Belgium before, and uh, he scored four goals in his final round of qualifying and two assists. Kaoru Mitoma is, I think, without Hatate in the lineup, Kaoru Mitoma is sort of every J League fan's favorite midfielder. Um, Hmm. We saw him play most of the 2020 season as a super sub, for Kawasaki, and he nearly was named MVP. And that was an incredibly loaded Kawasaki squad. And so this is, he was teammates with Al Al Tanaka, who was also selected for this squad and playing in Germany. Uh, He played half a season with Reo. Uh, Kawasaki are sending two current players and five former players to the World Cup. I think that speaks to their strength. You know, you've got Wataru Endo at midfield. You have Yuta Nakayama, who has been doing great at Huddersfield and has got his first yeah. selection. I believe 19, something like 19 first-time World Cup players. All right. As, so there, there isn't that... It, it, it's a weird because it, it's a, it's in some ways a lot of names that we've been seeing for a while, but it's actually pretty short on World Cup experience. You've got Maya Yoshida, Yuta Nagatomo... Eiji Kawashima, who's now 70-something years old, and he's the third-string goalkeeper, you know, he played uh, He played over there for Dundee for a hot minute.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But
1: Going is to it, his, yeah.
0: There's not 20 of club, the 26 play for European clubs, is that right?
1: That's right. Well done, and, yeah. and of the J-League players, three have played in Europe for many years. Shuichi Gonda uh, played in Austria and Portugal, Yuto Nagatomo had a very successful career in Italy, Turkey, France. And then Maya Yoshida, of course, was at Southampton. Or actually, Maya Yoshida is still uh, in Europe and Germany. But uh, Hiroki Sakai uh, played in Germany and then Marseille for a while. So this is the most, in terms of European play, it's the most experienced squad Japan's ever had. Where 20 of, tw- 20 of 26 was the that was the landmark I was looking for and I wasn't quite sure if they'd hit it but they did and so I can say with confidence by 2026 it'll be all Europe-based players so this is this marks the shift of the J-League being the local league to the feeder league but they're all born in Japan and they were all, except for Zakubo, they were all basically raised here
0: Okay Dan I'll put you in the spot, how far can Japan go then?
1: They can go as far as they want to go. Okay. And that sounds like a cop-out. So, <laughs> look, Japan does best at the World Cup when our expectations for them are dreadfully low. You look at 2010, there were protests as late as May to sack the manager. And they got within penalties to go into the round of 16. Uh, you look at 2018, they were 30 minutes away from beating Belgium. In the round of 16 and and that squad was a disaster because they fired the coach three months beforehand you know so we're in this weird spot where do we believe in the players but we don't know if we should believe in the team because hope is what kills you in the end (laughs) but to answer the question seriously i think if you beat costa rica in game two and you can get a point against either Spain or Germany, you're in the round of sixteen. Yeah. And once you're there, any once you're there, anything's possible. So I think that if they can get those four points and get into the knockouts, they can go as far as they want.
0: Well, ladies and gentlemen, I hope that's been enlightening for you in in terms of the fact that Dan has come on and we thank him for coming on and talking about Rio Chatty and Kyogo Furafashi. Furohashi's exclusion from the the Japanese squad. Hopefully, Japan's lost his Celtic game, Dan. But we thank you for coming on and enlightening and, us and everybody and putting flesh in the bones. And it's great to talk to you. Good to see you again. bud.
1: good to see you. Good to talk to you guys. And uh, you know, we'll we'll go back uh, in January and we'll see how right I was. Right, about exactly. How far they'll go. We'll, we'll,
0: we'll reconvene.
1: All right. Absolutely. <laughs> Thanks, Dan. Take care. Yeah, have a good night, guys. Absolutely.
0: Thank you. Cheers. Now, Aiden, there's a small matter of association football tonight in the Santiago Bernabeu. Guys, we'll get to talking about Celtic, and I uh, hope you enjoyed that from Dan. That was really enlightening, really enjoyed that conversation with Dan there. Top man. You can check some of his articles out on the Japan Times and on, on Twitter. He's, he's a prolific poster on Twitter, and font of knowledge of Japanese football and Japanese players. Aidan, Celtic, Real Madrid tonight. Santiago Bernabeu, last game of the Champions League, can you go
2: with a bang and a flourish? I hope so. Ah, <laughs> 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 you know, I've been thinking about this game over the last couple of days, Tony. Obviously, it was an important game for Celtic at the weekend against Livingston. They had to get through that, but as soon as that was finished, I did start to think. And on Sunday, I was, you know, dreading it a wee bit, given obviously the fact we discussed it Real Madrid aren't necessarily you know, 100% yep. guaranteed to finish first. So they could play a slightly stronger team even at the start of the game. But as it's sort of progressed in like the last 24 hours, I've started to feel a wee bit better about it. Uh, <laughs> uh, now, I'm not saying it's going to be as I know you alluded yesterday to the 4-3 win over Juventus. Yes. I'm, I'm not I'm not quite on, on that bandwagon, but I, I think Celtic can go over there and give a good account of themselves. What they just need to do is try and cut out some of the defensive mistakes at the back. You know, like things like, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry, things like Leipzig away from home, you know, like Joe yeah. Hart kicking it, or even just that, not even if it doesn't lead to a goal, but quite often you're taking the ball out from the back, just passing it straight to the opposition's midfield. Because a team like Real Madrid, even if you do everything right, they can, as we know, they can still just cut you open, as we've seen in the first game. So if we can go over there give a good account of ourselves then I'll be quite happy with that and may- maybe even a draw, Tony. But anyway, we'll leave that till it's prediction time. <laughs> Would you put it past Celtic to win 4-3 <laughs> the way Andy's team play? Eh, uh, to be fair, you never know. It could be one of those sort of pinball games yeah. similar to thing sort of we've seen a way to Real Betis last season and a way to buy a level. Obviously Real Madrid are at a, another level than those two, but you know, it could be. You never know. This warms the heart. Yeah, good morning from Madrid, guys. I go on, Leslie.
0: Leslie, divine one of competition to go to the Bernabeu and watch Celtic. Still smiling, I see Leslie. Laughing away there. I hope you enjoy it and have a tough of a lifetime. Now, Aidan, Celtic are going to have to play without Cameron Carter-Vickers. That's a, a blow and a half. We did our predicting lineups, didn't we?
2: Yeah,
0: have you produced a, a wild card, as uh, Dan was talking there, or a,
2: or a shocker to play at the back of the pack? Uh, yeah, I have produced a, wee bit of a wild card, to be mm-hmm. honest. And <clears throat> I was a bit undecided about what to do, because and even after watching Andrew's press, it still wasn't fully clear. But with Stephen Welsh and Starfield, we know they've been back in training. They weren't on the bench at the weekend. Uh, they were part of the sort of group that was training mm-hmm. at Celtic Park before, obviously, travelling to Madrid. I think Boston Wall was there as well. Uh, but I have went for, without spoiling too much of the lineup because it's available in the article, if uh, subscribers want to go on and see it. I did go for Oliver God. Now, I will carry that, but I feel, <laughs> yeah. I know, I can feel people are about to start saying something in the comments, but uh, what I would say about that is, I know he's not, obviously, I recognise centre half, and uh, I do understand that. But he's played that position before, and I just think the team is so sort of uh, thin on the ground in terms of central defensive options outside of obviously Mohamed gen who so will play. I, and I just don't think I can see him putting wall in because that would be his first competitive minutes, wouldn't it be Tony, if he was to play? So yes, and you know it, it might be. There might not be any qualification prospects on this game over there, but you still want to go over there and give a good account. on yourself, I don't think it's fair to throw a young player like that, and it's not even had you know domestic minutes. So my my thinking is Abdul God, but obviously that does depend on what the actual fitness of Stephen Welsh and Starfield is. Uh, so yeah, I, yeah, I I wouldn't risk Starfield,
0: but Welsh and Jens have played together, so. And there's the link to the article there you can see i've i've opted <coughs> for for welsh to play alongside the because i think by virtue of the fact that the two of them are played together there's some kind of understanding there so I, I i did that but you can have a look and see if you agree with our teams uh on the on the website guys there's a link to the predicted 11s there but i think we both uh, said that Jota comes straight back in isn't that right aiden I like. Uh, he said the other day that every game's a stage. Well, there's no bigger stage than the Bernabeu for Jota to turn it on. And if he could time his run perfectly, then he might have an outside chance of forcing his way into the
2: Portugal squad. Well, you'd imagine uh, it. It wouldn't do him any harm if he was to go and play quite well against Real Madrid in Spain. And obviously, one of the real positives from the weekend was the fact that Jota came came back in and he scored and he looked really effective as well, even on that surface. So mm-hmm. I'd imagine he will start, Tony, even if it's only a case of he maybe only gets 55, 60 minutes. Yep. That will be anything in the long term. And obviously, if it went too far ahead, even after a Schellner game, there's three really important league games before the break mm-hmm. for the World Cup that Celtic need to win. So Joe getting some minutes in his legs tonight is only a positive, I think. And I think
0: as well, I, I think it's imperative that Celtic put in a performance... You know, and hopefully they can get a result on the back of that performance. But uh I, I would love to see them go out with a bang or something to show, or something tangible to show for their efforts in the Champions League. Sometimes you don't get the results you deserve. Joe Hart says Celtic have gotten what they deserve. That's up to each individual to decide whether that's right or wrong. But I still think they maybe deserved a bit more from their Champions League campaign and take something away from Madrid, I think would stand them in good stead for the three league games coming up, and just be a real positive heading into uh, heading into the break.
2: Yeah, it would, and I know it's it's <laughs> difficult to try and imagine it because of the opposition and the venue, etc. But I really feel that across the the sort of way for the Champions League campaign, Celtic did deserve to pick up at least one victory, <clears throat> whether or not that's what like a combination of kind of moments in every game or like one individual performance. I, I I would say outside of the away game to Leipzig which even though there was spells I hadn't made a great at the time that was, that was quite disappointing the way the goals were lost yeah. and the fact that there was two goals chopped off with VAR so it could have been you know a bit of a hammer in another day. Outside of that I think they've <coughs> times in every other fixture even though the results might look like that's not really been the case so I think the team has due a victory, but I know, obviously, given the opposition and the team you're coming up against, who still have something slightly to play for, given it's the last game, uh, that is going to be very, very tough. But you never know, I suppose.
0: The shackles are off, Aidan. They can play with a freedom of expression because qualification doesn't depend on it. So they can go out there and enjoy the occasion as well and see how they do it. Real Madrid very rarely don't win three games in a row, but uh, they've lost to Leipzig and they drew it the weekend. Can Celtic make it three in a row and continue that tale of woe for Real Madrid, who you have rightly pointed out are not guaranteed to finish top? So they have their own, uh, they want to finish top of that group, so they've got their own kind of reasons to, to turn up and play. So it could be a, a cracking contest.
2: I think it will be a really competitive game, you know, two sides that. Uh... Are very strong from an attacking perspective. Really great players. Uh, obviously, we know about Madrid's quality. <laughs> we spoke about Atleti and Júnior, Benzema, Rodrigo. Then the midfield, Modric, Cruz, etc. Uh, we listed that obviously quite heavily. I was
0: feeling good until you started off
2: the players. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> obviously, we kind of covered that in depth before the first Real Madrid fixture, but. I think it will be a good game regardless Tony I think it will be competitive I think at least for a portion of the fixture anyway based off what I've seen in the game at Celtic Park I think it will be competitive and I think there will be quite a few goals And I think Celtic want to measure
0: themselves against Real Madrid again and see if they can take it for longer than an hour because they were good for an hour against Real Madrid in the home game but you want to go for the whole 90 don't you and that's what the manager said you want to go toe to toe the whole game and I would be, I would be delighted if Celtic could go toe to toe for ninety minutes with Madrid and see where they are come the
2: come the end of the game. Oh yeah, that that would be a phenomenal achievement. And Andrew's obviously mentioned that that longer term he wants his sort of football and ideology to be able to be implemented by the players for more than sixty, more than seventy, more than eighty, more than ninety. Now he has sort of said that will be a kind of gradual process that will come yeah. with more exposure to playing at this level regularly. So whether or not we'll be able to see them go toe-to-toe for 90 minutes tonight, I, I don't know. I mean, It would be absolutely amazing, but that might be maybe a step too far. But then you, you never know. I, ju- I just hope that they can try and cut out some sort of individual errors that we've seen. I know it's going to be a bit tough defensively with Carter Vickers not there, eh, whether it's God, whether it's Welsh, whether it's Stafford, whoever comes in isn't going to be able to replace the quality that Carter Vickers has got. So that is a bit of a blow and hopefully uh, longer term. He's not out for too much longer. But, yeah, we'll see, Tony. We'll see. <laughs> That's I say. Well, I I think the learning starts
0: here. If you want to be a Champions League competitive team and you want to get back in and play at this level and show that you have learned that, I think it starts now. They're out the tournament, so you just say, right, this is a kind of free hit, isn't it? And you go and you try and match up and go toe for toe and, and see what it takes you. But if, if we're going to start learning, then it starts tonight for me at, at, at the top level in the, in the Champions League tournament. We've we've taken some plaudits and we've taken we've not taken enough points from from our showings in the Champions League game so far. So use this as a springboard to say right, this is the way we'll approach it in the future, or this is where we want to be. And we want to get better and get a result, get some sort of result tonight at a, a ground where you do, there is, there is a touch of fear and trepidation whenever you play a team like the Armour did in the Bernabeu, but you've got
2: to go and embrace that challenge. Oh no, of course you've got to, and Andrew we know what he's like, there's no way he's going to suddenly change all his playing style mm. and you know, play five at the back, etc., which there's no point even really doing against these teams because they're so good they'll just pick you off anyway, unless you've got like world, world class defenders. Mm. So, yeah, Andrew being more than ready and getting the players right up for the challenge, and he'll be expecting them to go and compete across the 90 minutes. And I think it is an interesting one, uh, given sort of Celtics' dynamic going into it, that in terms of qualification, there's not really anything to play for, but there is still. I would still say there's something to play for in that. There's the pride aspect. There's the wanting to show that they do belong at that level, even if it's a case of getting something positive tonight, which you can then build and take into next season. As you said, real sort of weather starts. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's an important game. I think. I don't think it's very much a dead rubber, like some people might say. There's also financial rewards, Aidan, for
0: yeah. winning for winning a match as well. You Know so, I mean, that, that there's all these kind of things that bring in extra money and coffers to the club, so you see the pride aspect, most certainly. And I'm sure the players will want to go out and, and give a great account of themselves, all right? It's that time, Aiden. Are
2: you going 4 3? Hey, <laughs> uh, so I have been. This is probably the most I've ever thought about a prediction, to be honest, <laughs> even more than lighting the run up to the Rangers game and that, etc. Uh, probably. Right, I'm going to go for two-two.
0: Two-two.
2: Uh, you going for two-two? Celtic to get something in the Bernabeu. That could age horrifically, uh, but hopefully not. Uh, yeah, I think two-two. I think there's going to be goals. I think it's very unlikely that Celtic will keep a clean sheet uh, over there, as even you know, teamed with a lot better defenders and a lot sort of maybe better defensive structure on Celtic, they are not able to keep clean sheets in the Bernabeu. So. I think it will require though, even if it's 2-2, Joe Hart to have a really good game, <laughs> and a lot of the defence to play really well and cut out the daft mistakes, and also, uh, without going over old grounds, I know we've covered this point a lot as well, be lethal when you get your chances up front. You need to be ta- I mean, you might only get, I know I said 2-2, you might only get one or two chances, you know what I mean? So, you've got to be effective in the top end of the park. Okay, I'll be Cautiously optimistic as well, and say one each. One each, uh, But, yeah.
0: but what, whatever happens... results,
2: Tony, do you know what I mean? They, yeah, exactly. I think you've got to be
0: optimistic, haven't you? Always with Celtic. But uh, we will see what happens, Even Quarter to six kick-off tonight, it's the early one. And we'll, uh, we'll be there watching it. But it is a tough match, yeah. Sam Hartley saying this is the toughest match, yeah. I, I don't think we're under any illusion as to... Uh, the kind of scale of the task Celtic face, but I'm just hoping that with the pressure off and the shackles off, they can maybe. <laughs> Edward Wire was, Swarbrickling two 0 Celtic Andrew Gillyal says one 0 Celtic. Yep, there you go. And uh, well, there's some optimism at bounds. I'm sure Leslie Devine over there will enjoy it, regardless of the score. Hope you have a great time, Leslie. Guys, we'll reconvene tomorrow, and we'll pick over the bones of it all, but hope you enjoyed Dan's contribution earlier in the in the pod and the, uh, the briefing, and he uh, enlightened you as to why Ky- Kyogo and Hitachi were omitted from the Japan squad, it was it was excellent stuff Joe Bookless saying 2-0 Celtic, lots of lots of people putting money on or backing Celtic to get a result Aiden. Frank Kennedy agrees with myself, There's still doors to play for indeed there's always something to play for uh, and uh, yeah indeed so I uh, I'm enjoying this optimism Red Scotland says for each <laughs> that would be a match to savour wouldn't it if we uh, it are playing Real Madrid it's just like old times indeed well as I say we'll reconvene tomorrow hope you've enjoyed the programme thanks for your contribution guys Uh, Try to read some comments there after the first half when Dan took centre stage. Good to get Dan on as a guest. Aidan, thank you for your contribution to each of Aiden's shout. For we almost did two Celtic two. We'll see how it goes. One each myself. Kenny Todd going two, one the boys. There you go. And Kaiser says we has been waiting for Celtic to arrive in the stage. Why not tonight when the shackles are off? No fall to the Celtic. <laughs> he says <laughs> he's he's having a laugh, isn't he? <laughs> no Go on, problem. Kaiser. I, I admire that optimism. To be fair, but yeah, thanks very much as always. Thanks for your contribution. Just direct you to the ticker tape at the bottom. You know what I'm going to say. Hit the button. Join us. www.celticway.co.uk forward slash subscribe. It's a pound for two months of full access to everything that's written on the website and all the podcasts that you can enjoy as well. So thank you, and we'll see you all tomorrow. Cheers, Eden.
2: Cheers, Tony. Cheers, guys.